What's up, everybody? It's Thursday. Right. That means it's our fight night. It's our fight afternoon, I guess I should say. Practically our fight evening here. Um, Brian, last week we had our 99th episode. That's a big number. Technically, if you want to be technical, I think some people might call us out and say this is the 100th episode. But uh, according to Art Fight Time on the Art Fight calendar, our 100th episode will be next week. This is 99.5, okay? This is episode 99.5, uh, our episode 100 preview, as you can see up there on the screen right now. Um, we want to talk a little bit about a couple of different things today. We're going to talk a little, about, little bit about art. We're going to talk about whether topical art is a treasure or a trap. We're also going to talk about an upcoming fight between Benson Henderson and Michael Chandler. I rewatched their their first fight today. F fantastic. It's got me excited. Although a little trepidatious about the upcoming bout. Um, and we're also going to preview a little bit and tell you about what we have coming up next week. Uh, we've got this brand new format here. We're hoping we get some people in the chat. We can uh, bring your questions up. So uh, listen in, comment, interact, and uh, let's rock and roll. Let's have a great show, Brian. Joe, what an introduction. Can't wait. You ready to do it? I, I should have shaved, but let's go. All right. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll shave while you're running the intro. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Okay, everybody. Great to have you here. Uh, this is a brand new uh, uh, format for us. I don't know how much of this is, is obvious on your end, uh, dear listeners, dear viewers, but on our end, it's a brave new world, frankly. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's our second big upgrade since uh, we started the quarantine. Is that true? Yeah. So, you know, for a lot of people, you may still only be uh, an audio listener because that's what we've mostly done for the last two and a half plus years. Uh, but we did start, uh, you know, in March, April, getting into some video. And of course, you know, when you're learning something new, you know, Joe, the, the thing to do is to make it as complicated as possible and yeah, try to, and try to do as many different things as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so, so I did that, um, with our setup <laughs> and that was great. Um, and then uh, I decided to simplify a little bit. So this setup, while a little bit more sort of uh, maybe a little bit more homogenous in some ways uh, mm -hmm. and less weird um, and fun in that way, man, this thing works and it's awesome. So it's been it's been a really cool um, uh, change to to make for me because um, you know anybody that does this kind of thing, it's hard when you're you're running all of the the machines and you're doing all the business while also trying to be meaningfully in a conversation. So, right. uh, so you know that's my final plea for any sympathy or concern. Um, it's like that whole myth of uh, of um, <laughs> of quote unquote multitasking, which is just means you're failing at everything you're trying to do at the same time. Sort of like <laughs> I'm trying to do right now. I'm like realizing I've just got. You know, you know, you, you can never take too much time to sort of get your clutter cleaned up before you start something important like a podcast. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to it's do good time right to clean. It's good. Kind it's of, a great good time, time to clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, I, but I, I'm super excited, though, about the, the 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 new setup is very much geared towards uh, sort of audience participation. Right. Or um, making it easier for us to get guests in here without as mm -hmm. much sort of Skype hullabaloo and and right. also uh, being able to have our friends and and listeners and, and viewers. Um, starting to actually use the, the chat, you know, so that we can pull your, people, your comments. People, yeah. Tell people about and, how that works. 
Yeah, I mean, basically, you just whether on you whether you're on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you are, all the chats come in to us, and we will share them on the screen if uh, they're a good question or an interesting comment uh, so, or suggestion. So of- I, I was looking at it just a minute ago while the while the show was just getting ready to start up. I was on the Twitter account, yeah. and uh, I was you know retweeting the Twitter account and giving a little little bit of juice, just a little juice before we got going. And mm-hmm. um, but you're saying like if I was on Twitter right now, w- listening slash watching the show live, I could I could. Could uh, chat somehow through Twitter, and and we would see it here. Uh, yes, sort of. Uh, without getting too technical, there's sort of Twitter slash Periscope. So Periscope oh, right. yeah, yeah, embeds yeah. itself inside Twitter. So essentially, right. the feed is running in Twitter. If you want to interact with it, you got to click on it, and then you'll be in there. And then yes, you can do do things like type type things at us, uh, or on YouTube. For you can just comment on YouTube like you would on any video while it's live, and we'll actually see right. it here. And that's and really the main answer thing. your questions. Yeah, that's yes. killer. So that's a, that's a new that's a new thing that you know. I don't know how much uh, people are, you know, it's kind of like uh, first day of school, right? Like nobody wants to raise their hand or be first, you know? Um, but uh, but we'll, we'll get that going. But in the meantime, uh, I'm just super excited to have um, uh, everything a little bit cleaner and a little bit simpler. And, and right. that really, without harping on that too much, that really is in the spirit of our sort of episode 100. Uh, we were really thinking about just running a technical test uh, but, but we thought, why don't we just make it a reasonable conversation? And we have some things we want to talk about. Right. And that'll allow us also to sort of test at the same time and start getting the word out. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do a little bit of a cliffhanger. But I, I have to say, like, I'm so excited about our actual episode 100 episode and the uh, two, count them, two mega guests uh, that we're going to have. How much should that, we tell our, our, our audience about the mega guest? Should we just tell them who they're going to be? Um, I think that we can we can tell everyone who it's going to be maybe towards the end so that if okay. somebody's really interested, might, maybe they'll stick around. But no, ultimately, it's... You have to wait. I'll, I'll just oh, say we'll this. at the end. Yeah, I'll just say this. You know, like we've, we've really, in our own sort of weird art-focused kind of way really just longed to sort of create some sort of offshoot of uh, like the MMA beat on acid or something. Right. And, uh, yeah. and so I, th- I think that what we're coming up with for episode 100 will, will likely be about as close to uh, the MMA beat on acid as possible with a lot of credibility and, and academic uh, sort of, uh, rigor as well. Oh yeah, we got the bona fides, dude. Yeah. So those are <laughs> yeah. those are some pretty solid uh, some solid hints. So if you're followers or uh, listeners of what we're doing and who we've been talking to and what we've been kind of getting into with a lot of folks, uh, you might have an idea. But I'm, you know, man, I just I want to just tell people right now, but I'm not going to. So yeah. anyway, so lead us lead us to the the promised land uh, for this episode 100 preview, Joe. Well, I think it's, you know, I mean, this, all this tech talk will kind of help us get there because I feel like there was a time, listeners, you might remember this, but there was a time like when the quarantine first began at the beginning of March, when uh, the podcast just kind of disappeared for a couple of weeks and we just sort of didn't do it. And I think it was, you know, to some degree, it was... Oh, to some degree, I mean, it was just, it kind of threw us off for a minute there. Just speaking for myself, me and Brian used to record the podcast over at his uh, uh, office or over at his house. 
it always involved me going over to the west side of town and us being in the same room. And, you know, those of you who, uh, you know, who were listening back in those days weren't even aware of this because, again, we weren't really uh, using video in terms of what was going on. A lot of times we'd have conversations with people where we were using video so we could see each other in the talk, but we would just put the show out as audio only. But regardless, our plan was always a plan where um, we were, uh, you know, together on the West side, uh, you know, doing the podcast. And after the, the, you know, quarantine came in, uh, it just sort of threw things off for a minute. And then, um, at some point, all of a sudden, you know, Brian, you know, gets a hold of me and he's like, Hey man, I think I figured out how to do this with video. And all of a sudden I realized that, Oh, you know, the, the podcast hasn't been dormant this whole time. Brian's just been, you know, Frankensteining this whole new way <laughs> to take it to a whole other level. And, uh, and now this thing brings us to a point where we're sort of doing that, but we're doing it in a more of a sustainable, practical way. But, what we came up with is basically a way to make the show better. And it was inspired by the fact that we're all living through this crazy quarantine time. Now, uh, our first subject is about topical art. Okay. So right now we're in a, in a situation where if you're following the art world, uh, you see a lot of projects right now that are, uh, you know, in one way or another are responding to life in quarantine. They're responding to the Black Lives Matter, uh, movement. Um, here in Nashville, we've got that going on. We also have art that's, uh, responding to the fact that we had a tornado smash our our city uh even before all this stuff happened so we've had uh, an extra uh crazy year here in nashville i'm in a show right now at um red arrow gallery in Nash in east nashville and uh that's really the theme of the show is all three of those things sort of seen more through our local lens um because the black lives matter movement here has its own sort of flavor and um uh and you know frankly you know unfortunately you know our our cities had a share of struggles with the COVID response, mostly because we're, you know, a destination for, uh, for every <laughs> idiot traveler from everywhere wants to come here and party in the middle of a pandemic. And it's, it's not easy to deal with. And now there are like, Today I saw that they they decided to get tough. They decided to get tough on that mask mandate, and they arrested a homeless guy who didn't have a mask and also doesn't have a home. <laughs> so I know it's like, I saw that man. It's, it's just, like that's wow. not the, that's not the guy you're supposed to be arresting. But anyway, so so you know, like like every other city or town or hamlet or village around the country, uh, Nashville has its own spin on these things, and this this exhibition I'm involved with is all about that. But. Um, the when it comes to topical art i'm talking about art that's you know you know uh very closely related to and 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 uh and uh talking about something that's you know happening in the headlines today and uh the best example of this for me just you know historically in my head is when you think about the 1960s you think about the folk music revival that happened then there were a lot of people including a young man named bob dylan who wrote songs that were very specifically about 
about the headlines in the newspaper, you know, things that were happening today and, and, uh, and addressing them directly. Um, and one of the reasons why Bob Dylan ended up kind of falling out with that community early on is because he started moving away from that. And I think he did that because he was smart and, uh, and he moved away from it because by the time he's writing things like blowing in the wind, he's writing, uh, a song that at that time could be applied to the Vietnam war, but is still a song that I could sing today because it's just a perennial classic about, uh, you know, anti-war song, you know, so it doesn't matter what the headlines are saying today. It's a, it's a song that could have been written in medieval times practically, you know? Um, so, so it brings up this subject of, of whether artists should focus so minutely and so myopically on the specific things that are happening in their times and address them directly, or should artists be concerned with the bigger picture? In, in our case, we've talked about this over, over the last several weeks. Um, you know, it's, it feels like the, me, the big picture artist in me wants to say, like, you should avoid topical art, <laughs> but as we've brought up in the show more than once, it also is a time when it feels like nobody has bandwidth for anything, but the quarantine we're living under or the riots and protests that are happening in the streets. Um, or, you know, or, you know, uh, I'm still living at my cousin's because my house is getting repaired and I'm having to fight with the insurance company for the last three months because of the damn tornado. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. so what do you think about that, Brian? I think that's, that's been something you've expressed just that can mm -hmm. I talk about anything else right now? Because this seems to be overwhelming everything. Yeah, so I have a lot of different viewpoints on it, but I think it's important to sort of uh, agree on a context for which you're sort of l looking at, at all this because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that there are some avenues or, or uses for sort of a, you know, topical art that can bring light to an issue that maybe is not as, you know, known as it should be, or it mm -hmm. can be something that... Um, is some sort of a, you know, an angry response, but, you know, but I think that I think where it really wins, if it does, if topical art goes well, and we'll go into maybe how it doesn't go well, but um, if it goes well, either becomes something lasting, right. Um, in the way that you mentioned, uh, you know, Dylan, but it's uh, if you adapt that to every other medium, right. Because uh -huh. it's uh, it's something where you, you have to, really deeply think about what is the most effective way to communicate what I'm trying to communicate to another person. And in the opposite that something like arguing with somebody on social media would be uh, where you're just sort of digging d trenches just deeper. It's like having a car stuck in the mud and you're, you're just revving the gas and <laughs> giving, giving, giving yourself no hope for getting out. You know um, there's that kind of mentality or it's something where it's, if it's done the right way, it's, it's almost either um, a little hidden or a little cryptic or, mm. or manipulative, right? Like it maybe brings people in and then it reveals something else to mm -hmm. them. Uh, you know, I think there's just this extra sort of wrinkle of responsibility for the artist generally to make it more convincing or make it more interesting and to try to make it more universal in some way, as opposed to, uh, because, because ultimately people would say topical art is political art period. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. some people would say that, but, uh, I think that the less it is at least obviously that, and the more, 
it gets to sort of the the essence or like the necessary empathy it's trying to inspire or like you know if it's if it's activating something that we feel is a, a weaker componentry in humanity that we want to sort of prod at and sort of uh you know help along or whatever it is right there can be some deeper way of looking at it but but i do think it's a it's a it's a bit of a uh a trap when it's um you know malformed thoughts in a reactionary way over something Mm. that you're actually in the middle of and i think that that's what the pandemic has been uniquely uh as opposed to say like the tornado uh even though the wake of the aftermath of the tornado is you know very protracted we're still actually in this pandemic thing and there's still science evolving all the time because that's what science does. And Mm -hmm. so we have to sort of readjust ourselves all the time. So I I find it risky, I would say at best, you know, to sort of plant your foot down on anything right now because Mm -hmm. it it just changes in a week. It changes in two weeks and and it's continually sort of uh, done that. It doesn't mean that there's not tried and true avenues or, uh, universal truths in it all somewhere that could be had at any phase of this. But I'm just saying in general, I feel like a lot of people in their practice and in their work have been maybe, uh, you know, and understandably so like going to instincts that are native to them. I respond to traumatic things through creative work and that's how I reaffirm, you know, or reassert myself, uh, into reality, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. right. As a, as a human being. So, I don't know, it's, there's a wide array there, but I do think it, it's a, it can be dangerous mm-hmm. or, or like deceptively, you know, sort of uh, attractive. Yeah, I think I think you know if I, if I'm understanding what you're saying, the one of the points that that I think is the you know whatever the the most um, problematic to me is the fact that you know so so much of what you normally you know. Uh, you know, might address in a song or a film or a book or a painting or whatever would be something that you probably understand uh, on a relatively deep level, want to express. You've got, you know, maybe some kind of conceptual framework around what that is and, and how you, and then you're trying to figure out how to represent that aesthetically and all this stuff. But the point being is that you've got a tr- tremendous amount of perspective on this thing and, and none of us really has any perspective on, yeah. on, on certain aspects of what's happening right now. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel, I feel that way. I certainly feel that way about the, about the pandemic. You know what I mean? I feel like the, the, you know, I, 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 for me personally, if there's any like mask shamers out there who are listening to the show, no offense, I'm glad you're listening to the show. But, but to me, it's like when I see people who are like, don't want to wear a mask and things like that, it's like, I know it can be frustrating and I know it's, you know, uh, if you're somebody who, you know, feels the opposite, it can be really easy to, you know, feel critical and negative toward that person or whatever. And at the same time, to me, it's like, man, I just get mixed messages all day, every day about every aspect of this thing. And uh, in terms of the science, the health, everything. And like you say, I mean, part of the reason why that's happening 
is is literally i mean like if you if we're really going to buck you know double down on the science of this thing then you are going to deal with exactly what i'm talking about because the science of this thing is exactly 5 months old <laughs> you know or whatever it is yeah started, you know i mean it's a little bit older older now cuz you know we started in like you know end of last year in wuhan you know what i mean so it's like but we don't we, we don't science is data and we don't have data we're we're gathering data as fast as we can mm. and we're trying to figure out what the fuck to do you know what i mean yeah. and also too i think that our media and certainly our social media lacks nuance on every level oh, yeah, and yeah. so people to this day will say well, why do I have to wear a mask? They told me four months ago, don't wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. And it's like, well, that's because the other part of that message didn't come through loud and clear enough, which was don't wear a mask because there's not enough masks for what we're going to need for everybody to wear a mask right now. So yeah. you don't wear a mask because we need all the masks we can get for sick people and doctors. Okay. Yeah. Now that we've got, got our mask revved up, mm -hmm. now it could be a good idea for you to wear a mask, okay? There's actual <laughs> real science out there that will tell you reasons why wearing yeah, yeah. a mask when you don't have an illness is not a good idea. That's real too, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just feel like I just feel like that's, you know, that's how much perspective any of us actually has on this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's well, see, I, I, it's crazy. And yeah. and so how are you supposed to make a piece of art about it? Unless you're making a piece of art about confusion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, right. <laughs> a masterpiece. And that's, not, and that's not really topical. Now, now yeah. you found that, that transcendent angle where now you're Bob Dylan, right? Now you're not talking yeah. about this thing. You're just talking about, you know, mixed up confusion <laughs> and actual Bob Dylan song. <laughs> Sounds like a something that should be on a marquee, but um, exactly. So, so uh, well, I guess you know one of the to sort of fold it back into sort of topical art. I mean, you know, I think that I have seen people. I, I've I've had some different artists that I've been working with uh, for this grant program where I was just sort of helping refine scopes of work and things, but uh, uh, and with some creative ways of scaling out their projects, but. One of the, so one of them, uh, it's it's a, a collective that is based in uh, in Poland, and uh, they basically had created these. Vir they used to do these tours, uh, but now they had to do them all virtually. And so, by what it amounts to now is sort of like I'm I'm really ramrodding this thing, but they do this really interesting sort of storytelling tours that are sort of highlight the Jewish presence in in poland in a way that a lot of people don't understand uh and you know and they highlight some of the oddities too you know like where it's like oh we're 100 miles from auschwitz and there's all these kitschy pseudo jewish restaurants selling stuff that's not even actually jewish or kosher or whatever but anyway so like it was a really interesting thing but they had they they utilized this tour to sort of walk people through it but the, all the video footage for their tour was shot during lockdown so oh. it, so it was a really neat um sort of uh i guess accidentally nice artifact in a way because at first i was thinking it's a bummer that this footage is not during sort of like you know i'm getting a tour of this 
the city, you know, um, this active, vibrant place or whatever. Yeah. So like, I want to get a sort of sense of the culture and the feel and what it feels mm-hmm. like to walk down the street as these kind of videos are presented. And it was just not that at all super stark, uh, but actually in a way it made it, Poland. <laughs> right. but it made it more interesting to sort of reflect on the architecture and I don't know, it, it created cool. like a more contemplative thing. So it had this other sort of, uh, um, sort of side effect, you know, another project, um, that isn't sort of the immediate process that can be done right, you know, like relative to this, this the pandemic, what we're talking about, you know, the pandemic. But the uh, there was another artist that basically had taken uh, all these collections of uh, written accounts of people's dreams because, you know, everybody's dreams have been so elevated during all this, right? Like mm-hmm. people have been having a lot of wild dreams. So, um, and uh, so basically, they, she basically would take these dreams that are written out and then pair the, uh, pair, she was a, an artist. So she would work and do visual representations of these dreams or have other artists do it. And it was this whole sort of feed and this whole interesting thing, you know, like that's something that's more like in the moment kind of dealing with trauma, but in an interesting way. So I think that stuff can be temporarily focused in a way that makes sense, uh-huh. but, but uh, you know, and there can be these nice little sort of afterthoughts of, of, of stuff like that, but to make, to go and make something explicitly about sort of, especially something as wide scale as the the pandemic, you know, where it's like, right. We're not speaking to some unique thing that people aren't suffering from everywhere, you know? So, right. Good point. Yeah. That makes it a, a, a an interesting twist too. Yeah, it does. I, I noticed our friend Nancy Kidder is in the ch- in the chat. I don't oh know yeah, yeah. That or not. Um, uh, hi, Nancy. So, uh, if you're actually able to stop and watch right now, we're glad to have you on here. Um, I feel like um, uh, you used the word react uh, earlier too, and I think you know it's it's you know there's also been a lot of specifically political art. Uh, for the last uh, four years, you know, that we had an election in 2016, Brian, it was very contentious. And, um, uh, oh, yeah. and I remember, I remember. Yeah. And there's been a ton of art made. I mean, the art world, you don't really, you, I mean, the music world's reacted a little bit. You've had a little bit of a pushback in the music world, anti, I guess you just call it anti-Trump. You know, I, I haven't really seen a whole lot of people the pushing the other wheel, celebrating the other way or something. But, um, uh, uh, you've seen a little bit of it in music, but there's been a lot of it in the visual art world. You've seen lots and lots of, you know, activist type art in the, um, on the, uh, um, you know, uh, in the contemporary art front. Um, and I have to tell you, uh, some of it's been okay. Um, there was a, a cool project in Nashville at a place called the Browsing Room Gallery, um, where it's hard to describe, but a guy basically did a project like sort of referencing Trump's wall. And it's basically an installation where there was, as I remember it, I'm not going to really do it justice, but there's sort of like a uh, black wall. And then there was like sound. And it was, it was interesting because what it really did was when you're in there with it, it really just sort of forced your attention like back on yourself, Hmm. you know, and any given viewer, given their actual thoughts about all the things that were happening at that time, whether they, you know, supported Trump were against Trump, you know, were, you know, you know, voted for the libertarians and, you know, whatever, you know, you know, thinks that we should have, you know, immigration, but only if it's legal and things like this, you know, any number of different points of view, it was a really cool project because at the end of the day, instead of, really trying to make some kind of explicit message about Mm. his perspective regarding the politics of the situation. Uh, It used a 
it used the the stuff of the politics of our situation to affect the viewer with their own ideas about what what they were seeing. And I thought that was super bright, super smart. I believe I gave that an award. Every uh, Actually, just this week, we just turned in our nominations for a bunch of the... Uh, the writers of the Nashville scene turned in our nominations for the best of awards mm. this year. It was a really fucking depressing, hard year to come up with best of awards for the arts because it's been such a trying situation for the last several months. But, um, but I, that, that was an, uh, uh, an especially effective, uh, show that I've seen since the Trump world, you know, came to be. Um, but I've seen, I mean, a whole bunch of other shows that were, terrible frankly in terms of you know trying to somehow say something about uh you know trump's election and just really just sort of falling on their own faces uh because because they were far more clumsy and they were making all the mistakes that we're talking about right now frankly Uh (laughs) as opposed to uh as opposed to you know finding the way to Something like again, somehow take the stuff of this that we're all looking at and all familiar with, and then make some kind of a point or 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 create some kind of a conversation that that takes it outside of that in some way and takes us to some new place somehow. Does that make sense? And and when when it's strictly just reactive, you know, uh, it's it's really really ineffective art making, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that some people don't even really think about it that much, right? It's just mm-hmm. a sort of a knee-jerk sort of thing. Uh, but I, but I do love this idea of um, refraction and confrontation. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that very much what you know. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm partial to the the Rothko Chapel, but uh, one of the things I've mm-hmm. always thought most fascinating about that place and those murals that he painted is that they, I find them at first to be very confrontational because. You know, people are like, wow, there's this special building with these paintings. They're just built, you know, purpose built building for just these paintings. I got to go in and see this. And then they get in and it's just these sort of monoliths that they're just forced to reconcile with. And it's a, it is a, a really powerful way to go about it. It's, it, it's a more crafty way to get to, I think, to the essence of what's common as opposed to trying to litigate or argue a, a, a point. Um, but, uh, but so Nancy from writing and fighting here is talking about, you know, she just wanted to point out that the Taylor Swift made and released an album. Uh, it says in COVID, I'm going to assume in that means COVID. like <laughs> in COVID. I mean, in, is that like a, is that wait, is that like a, um, it looks tuning? like she's got COVID and she's got it all like uh, all capitalized. It's like, it's like some kind of like ancient, like computer code. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she also did one in basic. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does look like that. Uh, well, you know, and, uh, you know, Nancy is, uh, you know, a, a woman of many tastes and, and, uh, and is highly evolved and can, you know, look, I mean, I haven't heard the Taylor Swift record yet. This is what's it called folklore. Have you heard about this, Joe? I have. Yeah. Yeah. It is, I think it is called folklore. I think from what I've heard, it's, it's incredible. Uh, hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'm sure it's not anything that I would necessarily be jumping to, to listen to, but it doesn't mean I don't appreciate it, but I do have this weird, interesting sort of, I had a thought about sort of Taylor Swift where I was like, you know, it's interesting that she, like artists now that are on that level, they, they make records. Um, they're almost like marketing campaigns that have records that accompany them. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to a record that then is marketed. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like, a, it's like a whole of, it's like a media event that happens to have a record in it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, it used to be like in the old days, you know, it'd be like these artists, uh, I guess, well, no, this is not empirical. I guess a lot of artists, if you look at the classic singers of the, the 60s, you know, 50s and 60s, you think about like Connie Francis or people like that, they would do a record that would be like, um, you know, uh, here's me singing all, you know, Latin favorites. Here's my Christmas record. Here's my, right. uh, you know, sort of patriotic music record or like what, like they would do these themed, mm -hmm. uh, kind of things that had a lot of range. Uh, by the way, did you know that Connie Francis could speak nine, speak and sing in nine languages? Wow. I did not know that. I love that song. Who's sorry now. Do yeah. you have to do where the boys are? That'll yeah. just destroy you. Yes. She, man. It's so, Oh my God. I her voice giving is, myself goosebumps. I know, man. Just it's pretending like, to be kind of, he's kind of, right. <laughs> she's still alive. Uh, thank God. But, uh, she's had, she had an insane sort of life. Her, her documented story is unbelievable. Yeah. Somebody yeah, needs to do a documentary on her and I don't know if that'll ever be done or done right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I do think that in a way what Taylor Swift was doing is sort of a throwback to uh, artists of old that would just, it used to be like, if you were a, a metal band, you kind of had to stay in the metal lane, right. Or whatever. Like if you're a pop star now, you can do a million different, widely different uh, sort of styles and, and put a different band around you, a completely different aesthetic and make it a thing. And, and maybe yeah, that's, that's maybe really it's a thing. Maybe it's a throwback. I'll um, tell you what Taylor Swift is setting our, uh, our chat room on fire, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is like this has turned into all of a sudden we're it's a swift. All the Swifties are going to descend into our chat room. So, <laughs> Nancy, so for people listening, and then our, our friend Nancy from Writing and Fighting is saying, now I think it's her best and most personal work. I wonder if it's because she didn't have a marketing campaign. Oh, oh, well, snap! <laughs> well, the record didn't just show up on your doorstep. So, no. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, and then uh, you know. David Spear here saying it, it wasn't bad. He wouldn't listen again, though. This is what happens, Joe. When we, we have a chat, we bring up one thing that actually people give a shit about, and that is Taylor Swift. And now we've got Taylor we've, Swift. <laughs> we've got. Uh, so David's saying that uh, Phoebe Bridger's fan group wouldn't stop talking about it. So I listened to it. I didn't turn it off. All so, right. uh, you know. All right. I will say, I, I, I think there's a song, uh, and I believe this was written by our, our friend's mom, who uh, there's a song Taylor did called uh, uh, You Belong With Me, which I think I literally, I say this all the time, and I, and I always have to emphasize for people that it is not, I'm not being ironic at all when I say it is one of the great songs of the new century. So there you go. Go listen to that. Well, <laughs> good, good. I mean, hey, look, good, good songwriting and good artistry and good production. Uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to be mad at. Uh, yeah, come on. You know, I love to be mad at. Uh, it's just it. hard. It's just hard to be like. Uh, like, I, if I think about when I'm going to listen to music, it just there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that a lot of people like. You like the Rolling Stones. I like I like the Rolling Stones. I never choose to put the Rolling Stones on. Mm-hmm. It, it just ha it's happened enough <laughs> without my right. intervention. Right, you in get life. all the Rolling Stones you need just being around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so. So you know, it's kind of a weird thing like that. Um, I don't know. So we'll we'll move on from uh from the Taylor Swift though, and and I think that uh, I guess we need to turn the corner here. 
Yeah. And get into I don't think we really came up with an answer, but I think we kind of were able to say what's wrong and what's dangerous and what's difficult and what you really want to avoid in topical art and also how you can make art that's meaningful to your time, but at the same time is unique and uh, thoughtful and, you know, individuated in some way and, and is, is, you know, not just reactive and dumb. Sorry. I had a little bit of bubbly water. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, Nancy's redeeming herself by um, turning away from, from Taylor Swift a little bit, even though, look, we, we love, uh, we love Taylor Swift, but, um, just on, to wrap up on sort of the the art situation oh, for yeah. today. Uh, excited about the potential art scenes post-COVID, right? Roaring 20s totally. brought us Art Deco about house. Uh, you know, what will the Roaring 20s bring is what the rest of that comment is. Yeah. And man, you know, the only thing I'll say is that uh, I hope it's angry, you know, in a way that is constructive, but mm. angry. Yeah, Cause yeah. Because I, I feel like... I feel like that even in, in the early 2000s when a lot of stuff was really upside down in the world, it just felt like, I was like, where's the, wh- like, <laughs> yeah. where is it? it just, I felt like, I don't know. So I just, I hope that there's some scenes that happen that are uh, I know. deconstructive, you know, and, yeah. and, and a little, maybe a little bit angry. Yeah. I could, I, I could see that, uh, I could see that happening. I would like to think that could happen again. I would, you know, I, I also too, I mean, I do think, you know, Nancy brings up a good point that when you look at, you know, the, um, you, you know, like the, the, she brings up the roaring twenties and the, you know, the, the, the perfect, it's a really a perfect example. And it's a good reminder that right before the twenties, we had a worldwide pandemic, uh, of the, um, of the, um, uh, what was it? A swine flu, right? The, uh, um, 1918 flu. And, um, and it really took, you know, about a year and a half before America kind of got through all of that. If you haven't been like studying up on your 1918 flu, uh, pandemic, you really should take a little bit of time to look into it. There's lots of great documentaries that you can just find on YouTube and stuff, but it's, it's really insane how, how, how much it looks like exactly like what we're going through now. Like, and it's, and it it makes me just cringe every time I hear another news person talk about these unprecedented times, Brian, Mm -hmm. these unprecedented Mm -hmm. times. And it's like, no, they're literally a repeat of what we did a hundred years ago. It's literally the same thing. I mean, fucking literally everything, everything, all the, all the same uh, sort of, many revolts and the everything uh, yeah it's all, all the, there all the by, this, the by the same players and yeah, the same positions yeah. it's yeah. the contradictory science everything it's all <laughs> yeah. there all the you know mandate here no the hot spot here nothing happening there i mean it's 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 really i think it's you know time well spent if you want to you know if you want to you know it's reassuring frankly because you realize that it's like yeah that was crazy and then it was over, you know what I mean? And this will, this too shall pass, you know? But when that passed, we ended up in, like she says, like the roaring 20s, like the whole world said, fuck, let's get drunk and like be, get together and dance and party, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I hope that we... I hope that there I would is do like exactly a, that whatever a you joyful just- <laughs> eruption in the world and then pair that with a little bit of class war and militancy and we'll be really out of killing it. This <laughs> sounds like uh so basically it's like have a have a flapper party but invite uh public enemy and the S1Ws and then yeah. we're like yeah. that's where we need to be. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that good? Yes. That's what okay. I'm saying. <laughs> You're like, that's all I'm saying right now. <laughs> oh my that's God. Hey, um, well, so before we get to our, our next uh, sort of ah, the, yeah. the, the latter half of this, the fight, which, the fight conversation. Yeah. And we, we're not going to go forever on this. We'll keep it to an hour uh, guys. Uh, the next episode we'll, we'll talk about it as well. But, um, uh, but I do want to sort of just as a sort of an interstitial, uh, remind people that on our audio platform, anchor.fm, you can go to the link that's on the screen now and it's always going to be in our, on our website and everywhere else. But, uh, if you go and click support, you can support us for 25 cents per episode. And so I'm really feeling like that's about the value that we're delivering. It's about a quarter, Joe. Like, about, I think, yeah. I think that's about, like, I wouldn't feel like we cheated you and you would not feel like you were cheated if you just handed us a quarter once a week. Once a week, just like flipped us a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> once a we, month, right? Yeah. And if, and, our goal, <laughs> and, and help us reach our goal, which is to get uh, 5 million people at the 99 cents a month level, 25 cents an episode. That's right. And then, uh, and then we'll buy an island uh, and make it a better fight island where people actually fight on the beach. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like not, not even have an octagon; just have it just be an open. Yeah, no, it's better. just you know the the only rule is like no drowning. I almost we almost uh, yeah. I it's going to be interesting to see. Well, that's another subject. Maybe one of these weeks coming up, we can talk about the the fact that uh, Israel Adesanya's upcoming fight is going to be in the tiny ring. That seems. It seems dangerous, and it seems to be coinciding a little too closely with the fact that he's appearing on the video game cover, which is a, which is a curse. Man, well, I was sorry. I was, just, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was distracted by the typo on the uh, last little message we had on screen there, and I I I I just want to go beat myself up. But listen, yeah, typo. Hey, you know, typos happen. I didn't Joe. even notice it. I, it, I, I but uh, Adesanya, I mean, it's it is it's one of those things where you just. Man, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope it keeps happening because it is amazing. It is amazing to watch, and he's he's up for it, man. He's he's fully up for it. He he's owned the media space in a way that uh, few can. I saw uh, a video of him today on Twitter. He was getting like his hair getting all. He's there. They were making his hair pink. It looked really good. Mm. <laughs> so uh, so uh, yeah, and Nancy says uh, that uh, she's gonna. Save. She she wants a spot on our oh. island once we get that many uh, people supporting this. But she uh, thinks Henderson's going to take it tomorrow, which brings us to our second half of the show. Or yes, our last half, last ten minutes of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Time to talk about art. Yeah, <laughs> but well, uh, but but maybe you want you want to set it up a little bit. I mean, obviously, like you know, we're yeah. we're talking about a, f a fight specifically, but we don't talk about fights in the same way that every other podcast is more qualified to break down fights. We're looking at things through a perspective that is maybe a little bit more abstracted or a little yeah. bit, a little bit more contemplative. Uh, we're not into like odds making. We're not into right. breaking, breaking down fights. If you want an actual source for fight information, uh, go anywhere else on the internet. And you'll find <laughs> it. Yeah. You'll find lots of good and bad. Um, well, the, the Benson Henderson and Michael Chandler fought, four years ago and when they fought um it was sort of a 
I mean, it was a great fight. I went to, it was a five round decision and Michael Chandler at the time was the lightweight champion of Bell, uh, Bellator. And, um, and it was a little bit of an oil and water situation where, you know, Michael Chandler is, uh, was a, uh, an NCAA wrestler who also has, you know, punching power. Um, and, you know, is, you know, a relatively diverse, interesting striker who's got some grappling ability. But really, you know, mostly Michael has a ferocious amount of focus and energy, mm-hmm. um, that he brings to bear in fights, um, and sets like, uh, wildly intense, if sometimes erratic paces throughout the fight that often overwhelm his opponents. Uh, uh, Benson Henderson, I think, is a more well-rounded and more technical striker. Benson Henderson's a, a good grappler. Uh, Benson Henderson, on the other side, is a guy who uh, has a seemingly endless gas tank and a great chin and who has a weird ability to sort of always fight just to the edge of his opponent's ability. So Benson Henderson will go against guys who normally knock people out like crazy and he'll almost always go the distance and it'll be anybody's ball game. And yeah. it could be like one of the best fighters in the world or one of the worst guys in the world. Benson Henderson will be standing there at the end in anticipation of this decision, which nobody can predict because it's going to be so close. So it's a very, it's a very weird matchup, but in their first fight, it played out basically that way. Chandler came out of the gate on fire and uh, basically stunned Henderson more than once with just brutal, like right hand uppercuts and, and hooks uh, through Benson, uh, did a suplex on ben- Benson Henderson that I'm surprised didn't just knock him unconscious, just landed him right on his head um, through multiple submissions up against him. Um, and then predictably by the second round, I was sort of a little bit gassed, you know, and it took him a minute to get recharged again. Right. Which is the way with Michael Chandler, because he just goes without stopping essentially, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it usually pays off for him. It often does. He often can overwhelm his opponents in, the, in that kind of burst of energy. Um, but by the fifth round, Benson Henderson is, has lasted the whole time by the fifth round, the rhythm's off for Michael Chandler and Benson Henderson is the one who's got the sort of bigger finish at the end. But when the smoke clears and I think it's the decision is correct, Michael Chandler wins the fight. So they're going to meet again on Friday night. And you know, the thing that, that, I'm interested in is seeing something like that again, seeing, you know, these two guys who have these sort of weird, you know, again, sort of like dovetailing attributes Mm. and, and see which one ends up on the top this time. Um, but we're also looking at guys who are four years older, many wars later, uh, both of them getting, you know, up higher in age and in their careers. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to wonder, will we have another really dynamic, interesting, fun fight like we had the first time? Or are we going to see two guys who used to be really great, who are now both sort of not what they used to be? So um, I'm not sure. Well, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I think they're both making arguments for this too lately. You know, I, I think that with, with any, whether it's fighting or whether it's, uh, you know, music or any kind of art, I think that you find yourself looking at something and saying, is this, you know, sort of uh, beyond its sort of point of highest resonance or, you know, it's not even about accolades or success in the conventional ways, but just sort of, is it, is it humming, right? Is this thing still kind of, uh, 
resonating in a way that feels present and 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 valid you know like i think about you know sometimes when you go see an old band you've liked for a long time or something you know and and you know maybe it's a band from the 70s or the 80s or whatever 90s when you go see them you know sometimes (laughs) but you know but like it's there's like a couple things that happens right either way like one is you either you see it and you go wow you know what like of course they're not made of the bombast that they were when they were whatever jumping off of amplifiers and power techniques or whatever because they're not 21 anymore but wow they're man they're playing is still really powerful and refined and that you can just see the economy of movement and they're playing and you know just the what the years of 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 repetition and and doing it has has sort of made them sort of whole with this their sound and they're getting more nuanced tonalities maybe out of their instrument there's something you know like there's ways that I think in music people have that experience or, but it can also just be like, wow, this is a hack job. These guys should just hang it up, you know, whatever. So there's all like, there's all the very, uh, various degrees. But I think in this case with this fight, you know, they're, they're both kind of litigating the same things. You know, it's like, I, you know, Chandler, I think is kind of saying that Henderson is kind of not really putting his all into it and, and not really evolving and not, pressing the issue and not hungry and you know that kind of narrative whereas you know henderson i think is kind of workmanlike and just sort of yeah i'm not trying to you know it's you know just like in the, in the analogy of your favorite band right if all of a sudden your favorite guitar player is like well i play fiddle now and it's like oh well, that's great you know like there's not you don't necessarily want to be picking up wildly different new tricks this late in in your sort of career so uh-huh. it's it's a strange prism through which to evaluate whether somebody's sort of evolving or still kind of resonating like i was saying or or whether it's something that they're kind of falling off um but i think that this will be an interesting fight in that way with the sort of tension, whether it's a little bit amplified or manipulated uh, in terms of how they relate to each other and their angry sort of tonalities at points through, you know, to each other. I don't think it's really that much of a thing. I think they're trying to sell a fight. I think you're right about that. Um, yeah. uh, and either one of these guys are, it's kind of, it's kind of awkward in a way. Cause both of these guys are like very sort of good natured people. It seems yeah. and when, when you have two guys like that, try They basically, both have to try to turn heel a little bit just to make it interesting, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I, I actually think they probably, you know, think very highly of one another. Yeah. And you know, they're just looking to do their best or whatever. Yeah. And I think that also, you know, uh, MMA fans have been sort of sold the narrative many times of like, it's now or never, you know, like this is Chandler's last fight on his contract. And, uh-huh. you know, what's, Which what's it actually is, is that correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like <clears throat> there's that kind of, uh, uh, you know, always that kind of, you know, two two guys at sort of the same point in their career with, you know, will it be starting to be question marks after this for them in some way or, yeah, or, yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Or is there some? Die. Yeah. And, and, you know, if we've ever, I mean, we're talking about, we're in a world now where, you know, Mike Tyson's taking exhibition fights in his 50s. So uh-huh. <laughs> there's all kinds of ways that people fall off and, yeah. and and fade but uh i don't see these guys as uh i feel like they're both sort of sort of very lasting physical fighters that have a way henderson more than chandler though of just not getting the worst of damage you know for sure uh and uh you know i mean obviously both can take a shot and both have been an absolute uh insane uh fights that 
the kind of fights that you don't want to show somebody when they're first becoming interested in fighting or watching <laughs> yeah. fights. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the classic sort of Chandler Bellator stuff, but anyway, uh, you know, so I, I think that, uh, in this case with this fight, it's going to be, I think, um, if I, you know, nobody's, we're, we don't do predictions here either, but it's hard not to sort of think that way. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I appreciate Nancy saying that she believes that, uh, the Henderson's going to take it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like, I feel like Chandler's feeling more urgency than Henderson. And I think that that's what he's kind of speaking to. But I, I, I feel like when you, when you're talking about people that sort of combine in the way that you're talking about, Joe, the sort of dovetailing oil of water, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a combination, it really does come down to just, uh, you know, forget the technique or whatever, right? Like just how, who's going to will themselves and, 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 and just win. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see a knockout. I see another decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I see uh, Chandler trying to be very workmanlike about it. And I think Henderson will have his, mo- I, I feel like it'll be kind of a, uh, not much different of a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And I could see it being a little bit, I mean, you know, I could see it being a little bit less interesting just because of the fact that regardless of age, regardless of time, even that first fight, you know, it almost seems like Chandler would have been wise to, uh, to, you know, sort of have, uh, you know, sort of, sort of sp- spread his energy across five rounds yeah. instead of you know trying to just blow it out in the first round and then recoup in the second round and blow it out in the third round. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like you know he could do that again. Um, he also might be the kind of fighter who can't help it. I mean, he really has. He, I mean, you see if you follow him on Instagram, like he's he's insane. You know, like you always just see him just you know, working out and he's just like going for it, you know, just like running hard, lifting hard, (laughs) jumping high, you know? And it's just like, he just seems to be that kind of guy, you know what I mean? And, and you wonder if, you know, when the time comes and they say fight, you know, if he, if he can do anything but that, you know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. It seems to be just sort of part of who he is. And that's a great trait to have as a fighter. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, if, if you were game planning for Benson Henderson, it might be better to, um, to, you know, hold, you know, try to, try to, you know, put that pace on him, but put that pace on him with a regulator. You know what I mean? You know, don't let ben- Benson Henderson dictate the pace, but, but don't let Michael Chandler dictate the pace either yeah, because, no, no because one. he's, because he doesn't have a break. He doesn't know where the break is. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so like set Michael loose, but, but set him loose in a way that, that, you know, keeps him, keeps him pushing the action forward and, 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 you know, and, you know, beating, beating Henderson to the punch, putting Henderson on the defensive, but at the same time, not wearing himself out over it because at the end of the day, it doesn't look like Benson knows how to get tired and it doesn't look like he knows how to get hurt. <laughs> you know, yeah. and if he's not going to get hurt and he's not going to get tired, then you just got to keep him on the back foot. And that takes a lot of energy to do over 20 minutes. I feel like it's got to be so, um, 25 minutes. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna, I feel like it's going to be really hard to fight someone like Henderson who doesn't take damage in a way that you can see. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, you know, one of these guys that cuts real easy, like a Diaz or something. It's got to mm-hmm. be kind of satisfying, right? Like you can just barely blow a punch by them, and like they're going to start bleeding all over the place. Yeah. And 
<laughs> and it kind of feels like, oh, I'm accomplishing something. Yeah, exactly. But with Henderson, you're like, you're just getting yeah. pummeled and it's it just, he's fine. Yeah, and he, and it's also a thing too with Henderson. I think he, I, I, it'll be interesting too to see, they both look like they're in amazing shape, by the way, which is, which is, you know, bodes well for the fact that the, the, you know, that, that they don't seem to be, they both seem to be taking this very seriously and they both look great. Um, as much as you can tell, you know, from looking at people, but, um, but, in the last fight, you know, having watched it again, Henderson's big man compared to Michael. Mm. And, uh, and, and that's another thing about it is I just think that as powerful as, as, as Chandler is and as hard as he was hitting Henderson, I mean, he was, he was wailing on him. I mean, he got a couple of great shots in, in that, mm. in that, in that first round of their fight and later on in the fight. Um, you know, there was, there was, you know, comparatively speaking, there was like no, there was no time that it looked like he was about to go out or anything like that. You know, uh, the, there there was a moment where uh, Chael Sonnen was was commenting, you know, on you know during the fight, and he said, you know, uh, he described it as well. You know, Benson Henderson's been hit with four, like I think he said four, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, fight ending blows or something like that. He's like, you know, if this had been anybody else in the ring right now. Now, this fight would have been over four times, but it's Benson Henderson, and now we're scrambling on the ground still. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so he's just, you know, it, that's why I think, you know, maybe Team Chandler will will remember that and say, let's not try to do that again because, like, we just we're not going to be able to do that. You know, mm-hmm. so if we can't do that. What's what's the plan going to be? You know, and like I said, I think the plan would be you know, stay one step ahead of him and try to stay there for five rounds instead of trying to be five steps ahead of him in the first round and then yeah. not having the, the the energy left for the next round. You know what I mean? Uh, well, you should call him up and let him know that yeah. you've got it, you've got it figured out. He has connections with, with uh, <laughs> our, our buddy, Michael Chandler, who actually Nashville. lives here in Nashville yeah. now. We, we are dying to have Michael Chandler on our show. We are dying to have him understand that the greatest MMA podcast in the world is right here in Nashville <laughs> and that he should be on it. I think, I think, um, uh, Michael Chandler <laughs> would be, uh, I think he would dig, I think he would dig our take on this. And I think he would, I think he's a guy who would have a lot of things to say, not just about fighting, but about martial artistry and what it is to be a martial artist. And, uh, that's why we need to talk to my- Michael. So if anybody knows how to hook us up uh, with Michael, to get him to actually <laughs> respond to us, then we would, we'd love to get hit us, hit us up on the DM. He'll come and just strangle me and just be like, are, are you saying I'm like Keith Richards? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's it's going to be a turn into a quick ground and pound situation. Very, very, <laughs> very much. Well, um, so, so la- now I suppose we should uh, wrap it up here, but I want to sort of talk about uh, our episode 100 and our special guests and why we're doing it and what it means and and make sure that everybody knows that we've done this for a hundred episodes just to get started. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah, and we're gonna do so. Episode one hundred be next Thursday, uh, August thirteenth. That'll be good. I love I love the thirteen numbers. I was born on a thirteenth, Brian. I, I consider it a lucky number. And um, uh, and should we tell them who the guests will be? Yes. So our guest next week will be our friend who is actually joining us today in the chat, Nancy Kidder, who is a professor at American University. She has a class called Writing and Fighting. Uh, she's been a guest on the show previously. 
<laughs> Brian and I have both been, uh, let's call it guest lecturers uh, on some of her uh, uh, tele classes that we've been doing during the quarantine where we've talked to uh, uh, um, uh, students of hers, you know, uh, about various aspects of uh, combat sports culture and things like this. Her class is basically an English class where they take combat sports culture and use it as a jumping off point for, uh, you know, writing about culture at large, really. Um, and um, our other guest is going to be a friend of Nancy's as well, who's also been on some of these same uh, classes with us, you know, uh, talking to her students, a guy who you might know as the man in the hat, Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Chuck Mendenhall. <laughs> the man in the hat, Chuck Liddell. <laughs> I can't believe I just said Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Chuck Mendenhall. The Iceman Chuck Liddell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Will be joining us. Chuck Mendenhall, also uh, a guest of ours, a previous uh, a previous guest on Art Fight Podcast. And I'm anxious to talk to Chuck because I, I'm, I'm trying to see if some of this COVID time has given him a chance to get started on his great MMA book that we talked about when he was on the show last time. Yeah, so... I am thrilled because I, you know I love the 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 sort of symbiosis that uh, sorry that that Nancy and Chuck have in terms of obviously the the writing medium right and we we've, we've talked to a lot of a lot of writers uh, and especially in the the MMA and uh, combat sports space so what what I love though is getting people like that together and uh, of course you're going to talk shop right but you're also going to talk about all the things that are not that and that's where you get like i think the real wisdom and the insights and the and the fun stuff so uh you know i and think we, the, the, those are people just perfectly embody the um the sort of spirit i think of of why we even started this in the first place and, and what are we even doing here so uh we we felt it would be perfect uh to, to have them and the only other person that would be uh, even better to have in addition to them uh, who is just not available is Robin Black, who's sort of a kind of, kind of the patron saint of, of, of the art fight podcast. So yeah. Robin was uh, on our show, our, our 99th episode, 98, our 98th episode. Yeah. And- um, uh, if, if you heard the 98th episode, uh, Robin specifically shouted us out and asked, you know, how come I'm not on the hundredth episode? Like, <laughs> What's going on y'all? And yeah. we were like, come on, Robin, let's do it. But, but when we scheduled the 100th episode, Robin, unfortunately, uh, it's unfortunate for us. It's not unfortunate for him. He's going to be off vacationing in a cottage somewhere in idyllic, uh, Canada somewhere. So, um, we're, uh, we're going to have to let him go enjoy his vacation. So, uh, yeah. All good. All good. But, uh, and if you haven't gone to see, uh, if you follow, uh, Robin Black on Twitter and make sure you go find his, uh, breakdown, uh, and his conversation with Michael Chandler, uh, it's fantastic. He did a great job and really got to, uh, I think, the more interesting parts of, of the kind of the narrative and the vibe of, of what this matchup is relative to sort of the, the perspective of, of, of Michael Chandler. So please check out. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say also the 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 100th episode we're doing next week. It's not going to be so much of a, an episode like this one. It's really going to be more of like a hang, a drink, a chat. So you know, crack open a bottle. It's going to be happy hour time. Uh, you know, get in on this new chat feature that we've got here and join in with us. Uh, some of you are going to be getting messages from us asking you to pop in the chat. We can actually pop you into the conversation on video and stuff, and pop you in and pop you out. So if you want to come and hang with the podcast. 
podcast if yeah. you're a former guest or something like that uh you know if you, you know hit us up on twitter and things and we'll make sure to get you yeah. guys in too yeah we we would have done an event in person if the world were normal i think to to mark the occasion and i know that you know, there's a lot of podcasts that have gone 100 episodes, but uh, none of them are this one. And also, I'll also tell you, there's been celebrate many, achievement many that never get to yeah. 20, let alone 100. But I think it's important <laughs> to celebrate achievement and try to mark mark days that are that are special, you know, or, or feel sure. good, you know. So, uh, it's a yes, and, and so yeah, but we're not gonna since we've already had, you know, I mean, obviously we would love to go into another deep dive with Chuck, but it's more about like, Hey man, what's been going on since, uh, you know, a lot of things changed for you and, and, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, then we'll play it real light and get him kind of like a couple of whiskeys in him or beers or whatever. And then we'll just start harassing him about when is this book going to come out? Yeah. Uh, when are you you doing the book? That's all we care about. So just tell us about the book. It's no, but, uh, no, but he's, he's such a, uh, such a, such a great guy and, and such a kind spirit and supporter of the the show. And, and, you know, uh, we, we, you know, I, we've talked about sort of like our MMA media diet before, right. You know, and, and what we like to consume and the, the people that are doing the best work, you know, a lot of them are not working right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure they're in between, uh, good and, and then now coming up on great opportunities, but, um, man, you know, we've really taken a hit. So I like to bring those people in and, and, uh, and keep them a part of, uh, at least our conversations. And, and so that's why it's so special and that's why you should join. And, uh, whether you're a creative, whether you're a writer, whether you're a fighter, a wrestler, a coach, coach, whether you are a art handler, whether you are a, art supply salesman, whether you are a subversive art terrorist, it doesn't matter. Uh, We, we want uh, all of you here. Judoka. Um, (laughs) Judoka. That's right. (laughs) So, uh, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll just wrap this up here, but uh, you know, I want to make sure that people know that, you know, this is happening. We're, we're sort of, we were sort of half in and half out for a while because we, we did audio for two years, then did this, uh, a little bit of YouTube for the last few months, kind of in this interstitial way, but most of the audience is still just listening. Everybody, it's time to come and subscribe to the YouTube channel and, and do it that way. I appreciate it. And the audio will always be there. Uh, and I know it's easier, right? You can just uh, listen to the videos that we make on YouTube, but go to subscribe to the channel because uh, the algorithm doesn't give a F about us right now. And we need, mm. we need your help. So we need your help. Yeah. It's weird to switch, you know, midstream. It's kind of like the, the slaying guitar player that all of a sudden picks up fiddle. It's like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's okay. I think it's good. I mean, <laughs> this is like, we were talking about with like releasing music under weird pseudonyms and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you just fall off the face of the earth and have to start over, but it's, it's good. And also too, like art fight has its own Instagram art fight has its own Twitter account. So there it is up there uh, on the screen right now. So yeah, be sure to follow all the art fights and to follow me and Brian as well. Send me an, uh, send me a sweet little note and I'll follow you back. Sweet little note. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we've we've covered a lot and gotten through our first sort of uh, uh, journey with our new setup, and I'm stoked. Yeah. So this has great. been great. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Anything else for you, Joe? Uh, 
No, if you're in Nashville, I've got a painting at Red Arrow Gallery right now in their show Breathless. So if you want to see that in real life, you can call Red Arrow and make a time to pop by there with your mask on and uh, and go see that. Um, and uh, that's about all. I got some music. I was just on the phone with my buddy, man, talking about this music we're doing. And I'm going to hopefully have a, we're going to tweak it. We got to tweak our mix. And then I'll, I'm going to have a new single coming out soon, but I'll talk about that. Uh, you know, maybe by episode 100, I'll have something more to say about that. Awesome. Well, make sure that you second guess it a lot uh, to the point of uh, making yourself crazy. Because that's what. Second guess it what, was. Yeah. There's yeah. always a point with the music mix where you're like, actually, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I did. I did listen to it about <laughs> about 25 times, like yeah. in my earbuds, on my headphones, in my car, yeah, yeah. upstairs on the radio. And then I was finally like, no, I just think we got to turn this down a little bit and just try to yeah. bump that just a touch. But the, anyway, so then I also told my buddy, uh, Andrew Atkins, who's also a great singer songwriter. I was talking to him earlier today and I was also like, you know, if, if you think I'm insane, like feel free to just push back on this and just tell me <laughs> that you don't want to do it. And he's like, no, I'll listen to it. I'll check it out. So, so uh, anyway, but we'll, we'll, we'll get done with that soon. But this, this is actually the fun part of making music to me is, is the, the, once it's all essentially done and you're just trying to, you know, arrange yeah. the plate. It's so, it's such a joy. It's satisfying. It's like the decorating, not, not putting up columns and pillars everywhere. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome, man. I can't wait to hear that. And uh, I'm sure you'll let us know uh, that you'll, you'll get it done in lightning speed efficiency. Yeah. What about you? What else you got going on? Uh, so I've got um, just a couple of like kind of client projects that are sort of drone projects that I'm working on right now that are nothing, uh, nothing fun, but, uh, but, Good to have work though. Good to have work and, uh, and you know, good sized projects that I'm happy with. And then, um, uh, you know, so I've been doing that, but I've also been doing a lot of just organizing and just getting everything so dialed in because there's just another wave coming. You can kind of tell, right. You know, with your work, you know, you can just kind of, it's like, man, I better get some stuff ready. So, uh, so I've just been getting everything super organized and kind of preparing. Uh, and then other than that, I've got a, uh, I guess it'll be in about a week or two or something. Um, going to go down to uh, Greenville, South Carolina and film uh, my friend, uh, muralist Guido Van Helton. He's doing a massive brutalist architecture building in the middle of Greenville right now with this uh, really beautiful 150 foot mural of uh, this kind of highlighting uh, the end of segregation in public schools there. And I don't know, it's a cool project, massive piece of work he's doing. And so, uh, I'm gonna go down and do all the documentation for that and make a little film and cool. all that. So, um, so that's that, uh, that'll be coming, but, um, you know, and then there's plenty of other things music wise, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like we all are, man, everybody's just hustling. Everybody's finding new things to do or old things to do, or, you know, uh, it's been really exciting to see everybody, um, staying with it in all of the, all of the things and just sort of in the face of uncertainty, I don't know why, why not barrel into something else? So just because we talked about topical art and maybe threw a little bit of shade at it in a lot of ways, don't be afraid of it. And don't, uh, don't let our idiot opinions of things stop you from doing something. Yeah. If you're trying to do anything right now, that's, that's very positive. Just purely as therapy is, you know, fully valid. Uh, But anyway, so again, episode 100, a week from today, everybody get in there. It'll be Chuck Mendenhall and Nancy Kidder. So it'll be sort of a, a he'll be be 101. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. 
That's right. All right. So, uh, so we are out. Uh, Joe, you good? Yeah. Take it easy, everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Okay, guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.